1: Welcome into Former Fizz. I'm your host, Jaron May, and on this interview series, I speak with previous Orange Fizz staff writers about SU sports from when they were on the Hill. Today's special guest called SU home from 2012 to 2016 and had quite a couple experiences, if you want to say the least, on both the football field and the basketball court. Today, I am joined by Seth Goldberg. Seth, thanks so much for joining me.
0: Thanks for having me, Jaron. Happy to be here.
1: Should be a good couple 20 to 25 minutes. We're talking SU football, SU basketball, and again, the time frame that we're working with on this episode of Former Fizz is 2012 to 2016. But before we get into things and before we start to talk about basketball and football, Seth, I did some research before this and I found out that you were on Sports Jeopardy. What was that experience like?
0: Oh, that was, uh, that was so much fun. It was, uh, quite honestly, one of the most fun things I've done. Uh, I went out to LA. They did it on the, the real Jeopardy set, the real Jeopardy stage. They had it all dressed up. It looked like a, like a sports bar behind you. They put something around the, the board that has all the questions. So it looked like, uh, <laughs> like the scoreboard at Wrigley field. It was really cool. And Dan Patrick hosted, um, I uh, look. I'm not going to be too too arrogant, but I crushed it um, <laughs> until until final jeopardy when I bet everything trying to set a high score um, because they they didn't do it by dollar amount. They did it by by points. Okay. And if you set one of the three highest scores through the through the season, uh, the top three scorers came back at the end of season one to play for Mm $50,000. So I had a chance through 25 episodes to set the highest score. So I was like, I'm going to do that. (laughs) So I bet everything I could uh, and then got the question wrong.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hey, still an amazing experience. And while I was doing this research, I found that out. So now we're going to have a little Sports Jeopardy SU from 2012 to 2016 um, little quiz to, to kick off this former fizz. So I have a couple questions, both basketball and football. Oh, let's do it. And we'll, we'll see if you can get it, all right? So Syracuse, the first one. What was Syracuse football's record your sophomore year?
0: Sophomore year, they were 7-6. and six. They won their sixth game the last week of the season. Uh, Terrell Hunt, uh touchdown pass against Boston in College as time expired, nearly as time expired, to get bowl eligibility, and then the Texas Bowl win
1: i don't I don't have a bell, but I would ding it if if I did um uh, that is correct, so let's move on and let's let's go to the basketball side of things. What ranking did Syracuse basketball finish with your freshman year in two thousand twelve
0: to two thousand thirteen uh oh that's a good question. I know they were as high as number one in the country in the middle of the year mm-hmm. Um, and they were a four seed in the NCAA tournament. The last poll would have come out, I, I guess, around then. Um, maybe they were
1: thirteen or fourteen. Pretty close, sixteen. So uh, okay, that's 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 a reasonable amount to miss, a uh, uh, three to two off. All right, let's move on. Uh, who had the most receiving yards for Syracuse football during your junior year of the two thousand fifteen season?
0: junior year okay um that was hmm. that was after lemon and sales left yep that wouldn't have been jared west was it
1: it sure was do you can you toss out some some type of number what what he finished with
0: uh i'm gonna say let's say around 700 it
1: is exactly 700 yards. <laughs> wow. All right. We are two for three so far. And even the, the one that we missed wasn't too far off. Uh, back to the basketball. Who was the leading scorer for Syracuse basketball your senior year of 2015 to 2016? That was uh, Mike Benefit. It sure was. It sure was. A- any guess on what he was averaging?
0: Um, I'm not totally sure. I do know we had double digits every game that season, uh, including the NCAA tournament run. Uh, I would say probably around 14.
1: I think he was at 16. So we'll we'll give that to you. Still, you still got Benajay. Let's move over to football. We're going back and forth. Syracuse football beat Minnesota in the Texas Bowl your sophomore year. But what was the score of that game? I think it was twenty one seventeen. Wow. Wow. He I is on fire. Seth Goldberg so far is on fire here on Former <laughs> Fizz on the Sports Jeopardy SU version of it. Uh, we have three more to go. Who was the highest-ranked Syracuse basketball recruit that was playing while you were a student from 2012 to 2016?
0: Hmm. I have this narrowed down to three right off the top of my okay. head. Um, Chris McCullough, Michael Carter-Williams, and Raheem Christmas. I know Christmas was a McDonald's All-American, and Carter-Williams was as well. And I believe McCullough was. Um, I think I'm going with
1: MCW. You would be correct. MCW is right. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, We got two more. Let's go back. Last one for the football side of things. Syracuse football only won three games during your junior year. What were the three teams that they beat? Ooh. Um,
0: It was definitely an FCS opponent at the beginning of the year. I'm going to say it was like Colgate.
1: Uh... I'll let you guess all three, and and then I'll give you them. (laughs)
0: huh i don't even remember who they played that year to be totally honest oh i know what uh no that wasn't that year never mind um yeah i got no idea on this
1: maybe maybe it was such a bad season you're trying to put it out of your memory they lost to villanova Their, or i'm sorry they won their first game against villanova they beat central michigan and then mid-season they beat wake forest
0: Right, I forgot the Villanova where Terrell Hunt punched a guy and got ejected. Uh, yep, yep. Okay, They only so, won by one point. A, mixed, <laughs> a missed extra point in overtime it's by start, Villanova. Got them to the win.
1: It's starting to come back. There you go. Um, last one for this SU former Fizz Sports Jeopardy version of it. What team did Syracuse basketball beat in the Sweet 16 your senior year?
0: Oh, that was Gonzaga.
1: It sure was. That's an easy one. All right, so I was at that game. Were you? What What were you doing at that game?
0: I uh, I actually had a credential from uh, from Z eighty nine. Wrote for Fizz after that, and okay. the and the uh, Elite Eight Virginia game as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was I was student media going and, and hanging out in Chicago for the weekend.
1: Awesome. All right, well, that wraps this little sports Jeopardy version up. You went six for eight. Um, I'd say that's pretty darn good for just being sprung on you uh and now let's get into a normal edition of former fizz again Seth Goldberg here he was a SU student from 2012 to 2016 Seth let's start with football uh you had Doug Marone at the helm your freshman year and then Scott Schaefer took over for the last three years that you were a student at SU what was it like going from Marone to Schaefer
0: it was really interesting because it, you know obviously the change happens at at January and it was kind of late uh, you know that that after that first season but. Um, Marone was coming off just like a wildly successful year. I mean, they won eight games, and uh, given where they were like four years earlier, it's pretty crazy to think that that program was going to win eight games. And they seemed to be on the rise, uh, you know, even though they were losing their starting quarterback and, and some other pieces. Uh, but you you kind of felt like, okay, this program's in a in a pretty good spot, all things considered. Um, they they had unveiled. Uh, this up-tempo offense they just kind of found it by accident the summer before Mm -hmm. and they were like well this works so why don't we why don't we do this um and they they kind of ran through it that year and then Marone leaves and it it seemed like it was so late that they just kind of wanted to keep some kind of continuity after he left and they kept uh Nathaniel uh, and they took Nathaniel Hackett with him uh out to Buffalo so they promoted Schaefer and um I, I mean, Scott Schaefer was a nice guy and, and seemed like a good person and was a great defensive coordinator. But um, I, I think that it became obvious kind of early that um, he wasn't really a head coach. Right. And, you know, there, there are just some guys in football that are great assistants, great coordinators, and and just aren't head coaches. And I, and I think that Scott Schaefer was one of those guys. Uh, there was a radio interview. I want to say around the spring game in 2013 where, you know, he was asked for expectations and he said something along the lines of, well, we won eight games last year. So we, we want to win nine games this year and and (laughs) did kind of the same thing the next season. And, and like, it just wasn't going to happen. And so it was, it was kind of confusing Um, you know, it was things like that that kind of gave me the idea that maybe he wasn't quite cut out for the head coaching job.
1: So he had that great first season. And as you said, he, he kind of tailed off after that. Um, and it makes me believe that I know the answer to my next question, but were you happy when Schaefer was fired at the end of your senior year? And then were you happy with whoever they replaced it or or who were you looking for them to replace, uh, Schaefer?
0: Uh, was I happy? Uh, that's a weird that, – that's a strange question. It's a tough question to answer because I, I wouldn't say I was happy to see a guy fired and lose <laughs> his job and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, a guy that was on the coaching staff that I really did like was Tim Lester, and, you know, he's gone on now and he's, he's uh, head coach at Western Michigan, and uh, he, he seems to be doing some pretty good things keeping that program afloat. But I, I certainly think that th- there were – the writing was on the wall. The move had to happen for, for the program to um, kind of jump back to where it was at the end of the Marone era you, you had to make a change. You, you had to, um, you had to do something different because you could just tell that it wasn't working. So it was the move that had to be made. I, I will say I think that the, the end was very awkward and strange. There was a game uh, it, it was Thanksgiving Week and the game the first weekend of thanksgiving week uh they lose and it was the eighth straight loss they started three and and0, then they lost eight straight games and that's when they announced that scott Schaefer was fired except they say that he will coach the next game that's at <laughs> home two days after thanksgiving so sure enough he coaches that game they win on a walk off field goal he gets carried off the field and then gives like this this emotional statement in the pre, in the the media room after uh, thanking everybody, but taking no questions. And it was just such a strange situation. <laughs> um, but but it, it kind of it was the move that had to happen ultimately. Uh, to the second part of your question of who did you want to see uh, take over, I think that this is um, you know one of those really. Um, really interesting kind of flashpoints because they had, uh, in my opinion, two good choices and one that wasn't so good. Um, and it's it's blatantly obvious four years later. Um, I think that the two obvious choices to go after were Dino Babers and Scott Frost. And I, I think that was obvious at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Scott Frost was the hot offensive coordinator. He was at Oregon. He ended up getting the UCF job and everybody knows what he did there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dino w- was kind of the the head coach on the rise steadily uh, you know, he was a guy who had been around the block and, and he was older, but he was this, this innovative offensive guy. And then the third candidate that seemed to be really getting traction for some reason was Chris Ash um, okay. from Ohio state who yep. would get the Rutgers job. And to me, it didn't make any sense to hire Chris Ash because he was a defensive guy who had been a coordinator his entire career which is what Scott Schaefer was. And so you kind of wanted to go opposite of Schaefer. So I was looking for either Frost or Dino. And when they announced the Dino Babers hire, um, it, it was a good, I thought it was a really good hire. I thought that it was a, a step in the right direction and, and something that uh, Syracuse football outside of just like a year hadn't really had. And that is a, a dynamic potent, you know, up-tempo new age offense.
1: A lot of, I mean, you can see the, the difference between Schaefer and, and Dino's offense, kind of like you what you said. And while you were at Syracuse from 2012 to 2016, there were a lot of talented players, even though the, the wins might not have always been there for them. So my next question for you and the last question on the football side of things before we switch over to basketball is... What was the most impressive performance from an individual player that you witnessed or happened while you were a student at SU?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Um, Terrell Hunt had a couple of games that were really good. Uh, you know, like, like he, he never quite put it together for, for an extended stretch, and mm-hmm. part of that is he only got one year, really, as the starter, because then he got hurt he got hurt again. Um, but he, he had a couple of really good games, including that Texas bowl. And I think that that gave, um, Syracuse fans, you know, some kind of hope for the future that, that like he was going to be pretty good for the next couple of years. Um, I, I would say, um, you know, there, there were probably a couple performances in there by the linebackers over those years, because really? it seemed like every year Syracuse had really good linebackers, whether it was. Uh, you know Zaire Franklin. He was kind of on the tail end of things. I, I know, and and played after I graduated as well. But um, you know, before that, it was Dyshawn Davis and Cam Sproul, uh, uh, Marquise Sproul, and Cam Lynch, who were really good. Um, the pinstripe bull performance from Prince Tyson Golie and Jerome Smith. Uh, th- those guys were were really good running backs. And I, I think that um, ultimately, I have to go back to my freshman year, and and that's Ryan Nassib. Uh, he he mm-hmm. was. Um, I thought he was going to be like a guy who stuck around in the NFL. I didn't know if he was ever going to be like a great starter, uh, but he had an arm. He he knew what to do. He got it out to his weapons. Um, I I think that overall he was probably in, in the four years I was there as a student. Um, he probably consistently put together the best performances. I, I would say that.
1: Okay. All right, well, you talk about the linebackers. That's just something that, for me at least, as a current student, I can't relate because Syracuse football is lacking that so much right now um but that's our football talk here on former fizz with seth goldberg seth let's now switch over to the basketball side of things and i've asked this question to all of my guests so far on former fizz and i'm going to ask you the same one if you could put together a starting five with basketball players from just when that just played when you were on campus as a student who would be in that starting five and why
0: that's a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's the most right off the bat. Here's the most difficult part of this. In my four years, there were three really good point guards, uh, I think. And, and, um, you know, they're different levels of very good, but two of them got them to a final four and one of them started 25 and 0, you know, and, and that's a, uh, you know, Michael Carter, Williams, yep. uh, Tyler Ennis yep. and Mike Beniget. Yeah, and, and so all three of them in different ways were really good. Um, I would say that you could probably fudge it and get Benajay on that team somewhere else. If you wanted to, um, I, I don't know that you necessarily have to. Uh, I would say that Carter Williams is probably the starting point guard though. I think that um, as good as the NS year was, I think that Carter Williams was um, a better athlete um, and a, and a better, you know, a better all around player. I think that, Ennis was perfect for um, for that team. And and sure, if you put him on another team, he would have been perfect for that team too. He just knew how to run a ship. Mm-hmm. Um, he came in, and that's what made him so successful so early. Um, actually, if I could fudge it, I'm going to put Ennis and Carter Williams as my starting backcourt because okay. the only, you know, there, there was Brandon Trish who was starting uh, my freshman year, and then it was Cooney starting at the two guard, my sophomore, junior, and se- senior season. And while he put, Uh, good numbers up I I just don't think that they compare and I I think that uh, ultimately if you're going based on what happened in my four years those would be the two guys uh, that I would go to without diminishing what Brandon Trish did over the totality of his four year career Um, because that that was an incredible uh, career that he had Uh, when when you look back on it and all the starts and and the consecutive games played Um, as far as the three guard I think that I have to go with C.J. Fair. Um, C.J. was awesome in uh, in his in my sophomore year. Um, that was the Tyler Ennis season, um, and, and he was just a, a gr- I thought a really, really good, really, really solid player. Um, you looked up at the scoreboard and, and you were just like, oh, he's got 20. Right. That makes sense. Like yeah. he, he was just a guy who, like, effortlessly dropped points. And, um, you know, you, you just kind of expected it. In recent years, I would compare it to Tyus Battle, where he just kind of always had the ball in his hands. And you look up and you're like, oh, right. Tyus is at 18 points. Like, it's, <laughs> it's just kind of what they did. Um, so I, I would put CJ at the three. Um, the four is a little tough. Um, I mean, it was Tyler Roberson. It was Tyler Leiden. It was. I'm trying to think back to my freshman year. I mean, my freshman year was mostly. I, do you consider James Sutherland a four? He was coming off the bench. Um, hmm. Uh, that one's tough. I'm gonna come back to that. I'm All gonna right. go with Raheem. I'm going with Raheem Christmas at the five because Raheem Christmas's senior year was awesome. Um, that was 2015. That was my junior year. He he was great. And one of the the worst parts of the sanctions to me was that he got denied the possibility of going to the NCAA tournament. I don't know if he, they, that team goes. I don't know if that team is good enough to make it at the end of the day. Uh, but denying him in that year, the possibility to get there uh, seemed like a really big loss at the time. And certainly in hindsight, and given what everybody kind of thinks about the NCAA, um, that's certainly still a thought in my mind. Hmm. I got to circle back to the four. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go with Tyler Lydon. I've just always been a fan of his game. I've, I've always liked him. And, um, even though you can argue the the sophomore season, which was the year after I graduate, he didn't do enough. He didn't shoot enough. He, he didn't you know take control enough. Um, he would slide in really nicely on almost any team. You know he, he could be that guy who could step out and shoot. He would rebound. He could block shots. Um, so i i I want him on my team. I okay. guess at the end of the day.
1: Hey, that's a that's a very solid starting five right there. And again, all of our listeners, I'm going to put together all of the starting fives at the end of our former Fizz series, and we're going to have some polls out on our Twitter page. So please... Vote on those and keep an eye out for those once they get posted. But Seth, before we wrap up here, I have one last question for you on the basketball side of things, and hopefully, you have a good story for me. Do you have any classic Jim Beheim bumpins or stories from when you were a student at at, at SU?
0: So, <laughs> yeah, the, the, <laughs> one mind, the one that comes to mind—the one that comes to mind immediately—is. Um, is one which is actually like I mean it it has to be the worst time for a Syracuse basketball press conference it has to be one of the lowest points and that is the the press conference after the sanctions were announced Mm -hmm. Um, it was some point in it was some point in the spring of 2015 it was after the basketball season Um, you know I'm sure listeners might remember that Uh, They had banned themselves from the postseason. They were playing at NC State. And right before it, the sanctions dropped. Like, that game was on a Saturday. And on, like, Friday, the bulk of the sanctions dropped. And it was like, (laughs) Bayheim's going to be suspended. Um, You know, there's going to be scholarship reductions, all that stuff. And so Jim Beheim did not come out for his press conference after the last game of the year and (laughs) sent uh, Mike Hopkins out instead. And I just remember thinking okay great we'll hear from him basketball media day like we'll hear from him in five months um and did not expect sometime in april to be called to to the dome for a press conference um and it was just this like marathon press conference it it was like an hour plus of you know jim Beheim taking questions answering anything that was asked uh going kind of in a way on tangents about different things that were outlined in the ncaa report Um, and, and, you know, saying something like, oh yeah, they questioned how, how Fab could write this paper in one night. It was a paper about his life. I could do that in in half an hour and, you know, like things like that, that just like, for some reason stick out to me like five years later. Um, one thing that I do remember vividly though, and this is really the moment that I'm thinking, um, the most. So there was this kind of narrative at, you know, around that time, given, Uh, Everything that had happened at Penn State just a couple of years earlier and and what you saw, you know, big time football schools with Nick Saban and, you know, uh, a Michigan State with Tom Izzo and, and, you know, Coach K down at Duke and to an extent Jim Boeheim in Syracuse, that the coaches really rule everything around. The, the program. Right. And, and to an extent, the university. Mm-hmm. And so I remember this narrative kind of swirling with Syracuse basketball, because look, they, they were, um, they were coming off of sanctions as a, and as a part of the response, the university said, well, Jim Beheim will retire in three years. And so everybody was like, okay, well, we know where that came from. Um, and I remember in the press conference, the media person standing in the corner at one point said something along the lines of, all right, Jim's got time for two more questions. And then you just hear Jim say, "I've got time for as many questions as you've got." <laughs> so while they were so while they were trying to like push back and fight back on this narrative of like, no, Jim's not making that decision, it was like, well, Jim's also making this decision and kind of overruling you. And it it just kind of sticks out as one of those kind of funny moments to me for yeah. for whatever reason. It just shows my sense of humor, I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, at least the the whole marathon. Uh, press conference. An hour with Jim Bayheim is rare because most of his post-game press conferences last maybe five to seven minutes tops. Um, but hey, that's going to do it for another edition of Former Fizz. Seth, thanks so much for coming on and, and sharing all of your wealth of knowledge of SU sports. Thanks for having me. Happy to do it. That was Seth Goldberg on another edition of Former Fizz. If you want to listen to all of our previous or our future episodes, search Orange Fizz on SoundCloud or by going to orangefizz.net. But that's going to do it for another edition. I'm Jaron May signing off. We'll see you next time.